Welcome to episode 5 of Achieving Fitness, where we answer all of your burning questions on health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Peck, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be covering what happens to your metabolism on a weight loss journey, how to train your calves, and strategies to get people in the door when you're opening a gym. We're really excited for today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right, so we are kind of fresh off of a plane from California. We were out at Results Fitness University with Alan and Rachel Cosgrove. They are our mentors and have been mentoring us for the past um, five, over five years. Yeah. Um, in business and all things fitness and business related. So that was a really great time. We got to actually lead a group this week and we were out there working with other people who are maybe in some of the earlier stages of their business and helping them out or some that didn't even have business yeah. yet. And helping them out, um, just letting them mastermind with each other and sort of facilitating that whole thing and popping in little ideas here and there when we felt it was necessary. And it was just a really, really great experience, a great time. Yeah, it was cool to be on the other side facilitating the mastermind because when we first joined the mastermind, we were one of those people who didn't even have a business. And we were kind of like second guessing ourselves a little bit. It's like, do we like, do we even belong here? Like we're in the presence of so many like successful fitness businesses. And we feel like we're kind of like taking away from their experience because we have nothing to add. And now five, fast forward five years later with, you know, all the other businesses advice and Rachel and Allen's advice and their team's advice, we've been kind of um, fortunate enough to be in this position now. And we're just, you know, excited to pass it on. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. We're, we're excited to be home and back in our routine, though, and ready to get this podcast going. Yeah. Side note, we're going to stick with the burning, even though I think we've had 25 different people tell me not to stick with and the burning. it's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to keep letting. Anyway, let's get into the first question. So we're going to kick it off with a question from... Paula De La Torre on Instagram, she said, when you're on a weight loss journey, your metabolism gets damaged, right? How can I undo that process or fight it back? So this is this is a big question. I'm going to try to answer it as um, succinctly as possible. But basically, when we hear about weight loss, the very basic understanding is that you, in order to lose weight, you have to expend more energy out, aka burn more calories than you take in, aka eat, in order to lose weight. And this is definitely true. That's the energy balance is absolutely how the body either loses or gains weight. Um, but most people have probably experienced that it actually isn't always that simple or it doesn't seem that simple. And oftentimes, even though you think you're doing it right, you still might not lose weight. So even if you think you're eating less calories than you're burning, you still don't lose weight. So then the answer often becomes my metabolism must be damaged because I'm doing everything right and I'm not seeing results. And there is truth to the fact that it doesn't that it does become increasingly difficult to continue losing weight after going through a drastic weight loss journey, but the reasoning behind it isn't typically what people think. So the common misconception that your metabolism is damaged from strict dieting is actually more so that with weight loss comes adaptations in your body that can make continued weight loss more difficult. And one of the reasons it gets more difficult is that when energy in goes down, so when you start eating less, your body actually downregulates the energy out part of the equation in order to attempt to maintain this homeostasis, this balance. Your body doesn't particularly like change, so it will start to burn less calories when you eat less as a natural sort of survival method. Um, other responses to weight loss is that your resting metabolic rate goes down because you weigh less. Um, so as, as your weight decreases, your 
the calories that you burn at rest also will decrease. Um, your thermic effect of food, which is the energy it takes to break down the food you eat, will also go down because you're eating less. And also the calories that you that you burn through physical activity will go down because you weigh less. So there's all these things that are kind of compiling up that each individual piece may not be that big of a deal, but compiled together, all of a sudden you're burning a lot less calories now than you were previously. So it becomes a lot more difficult to lose that weight or to continue to lose that weight. So you can kind of see how all these things make your efforts harder, um, but it isn't to say that your metabolism is damaged. So I was actually reading a study from Precision Nutrition recently, and they were talking about basically someone who has gone through a weight loss journey will often actually require 5 to 15% fewer calories per day to maintain their weight than someone who has already been at that weight. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting. So somebody who has always weighed 150 pounds may have to, you know, eat and burn a certain amount of calories to, to maintain that weight. But somebody who started at 250 pounds and worked down to 150 pounds will have to, will have to, um, will require five to 15% fewer calories per day to maintain that 115 pounds. Mm. The good news is your metabolism isn't damaged and you're not damaged. I think that word is very, can be very damaging <laughs> um, when you th start to think about yourself being broken or yourself being damaged. So the good news is it's not. The bad news is that you may have to work a little harder than the people who have always had a lower body weight. So you'll have to kind of be willing to adjust your portion sizes down as you lose weight because of the fact that your body won't be expending as many calories anymore. Um, also, we would highly recommend strength training as a big part of your workout routine because increased muscle mass will help to increase your metabolic rate and that can counteract some of the decreases that took place due to weight loss. Um, so I know that was kind of a long and maybe complicated answer, but I hope it helps to manage some expectations and also put into perspective some of what's going on with the body during a weight loss journey. Um, because I think it's important, especially too, for coaches to understand that when people plateau or they're having a hard time losing weight, it's very often not that they're being lazy or they aren't <laughs> trying, right? There are all these things that are actually working against them. So, you know, it's very, I think it's very, very important for us to understand that and for people going through a weight loss journey to understand that they're not failing, they're not, not putting in the work. It's just that they need to have a better understanding of what's going on with their body so that they know better how to overcome it. Yeah. Well said. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think, I hope that, I hope that helps. I think that the easy answer is just always like, I'm just broken. <laughs> um, but that definitely isn't helpful. So I hope that that kind of provided a little insight into what actually is going on. All right. Awesome. So I hope that helps you, Paula. And uh, let's get into the next question. Cool. All right. Next question is, what's the best way to train calves using free weights? This was from Goose Jail on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Goose Jail. <laughs> I think um, I'm surprised that this is actually our first isolation-based question. Um, but basically, with, with any sort of isolation work, what you always want to consider is that the most bang for your buck exercises are going to be compound exercises. So in this case, for your lower body, things like squats, deadlifts, um, plyometrics like jumping or sprinting or jump rope, stuff like that. They're going to give you a much bigger um, base and foundation for your to build your calves than just purely doing isolation work. So anytime a member comes into our gym and they want to um, get bigger arms, for example, we'll always have them deadlift and do chin-ups and do rows, very big compound exercises first, because that gives you give, that gives your body enough stimulus for it to actually warrant um, growing. 
Um, if you just stick with purely isolation exercises, it's just not enough of a stimulus for your body to really adapt. So when working with calves, make sure that you're really targeting those big muscle groups first. So again, those squats and those deadlifts and those plyometric exercises. And then from there, there is a lot of merit. I would say 10 to 20% of your training um, should be isolation-based exercises if you feel like they're lagging behind from a performance standpoint or a injury prevention standpoint, or in this case, probably an aesthetic standpoint. So with calves, the two big things you're looking at are the two muscles you're looking at are really the gastrocnemius and your soleus. Now your gastrocnemius, that's that sort of like upside down heart looking muscle um, at the very top of your calf and your soleus is below that and kind of connects towards your Achilles. Um, The gastroc crosses your knee, the back of your knee, as well as your ankle. So any sort of standing exercise, like a standing calf raise, or if you're on some sort of box where you really stretch at the bottom and then uh, plant your foot and really extend through your calf at the top is going to target your gastrocnemius. Your soleus, if you want to balance things out, you want to be in a seated position because it only crosses your ankle. If you bend your knee, it sort of takes the gastrocnemius out of the equation and really emphasizes the soleus. So any sort of seated variation um, where you're maybe you're sitting down and you have a plate on your knees and you're pushing your um, pushing that plate up towards the ceiling, that would compromise more of a training effect towards your soleus. Now, in either case, gastroc or soleus, um, they can withstand quite a bit of um, load and training. So probably twice a week and doing some sort of high rep training uh, would be ideal for both muscle groups. Uh, Keeping in mind that you have 80% of your training dedicated to those big compound movements, as well as some jump roping and some other plyometric exercises. Yeah, I mean, that's perfect. And it kind of goes along with any, really any isolation exercise. Like you said at the beginning, Mm -hmm. we, we would do the same thing. So somebody is like, how can I increase the size of my biceps? Our first answer is never bicep curls. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's always that you want to do some bigger compound movements to to create some overall mass gain. Mm-hmm. And then you can go into the more isolation aspects of it. So, yeah. So always look to start with compound and then eventually trickle your way back into the isolation exercises if you have uh, the time to do so. Jason's been doing a lot of um, pec isolation exercises <laughs> recently. I've been You've been like sneaking them up, up in the corner. Like. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> secretly doing some band crossovers, you know. <laughs> I've been seeing it. I've been seeing it. I've been seeing it. Well, off the platform of bench pressing and floor pressing and all that good of stuff. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Following his own advice. All right, cool. Um, so let's move on to the third question, which is from our good friend Kevin Larrabee. He asked, what strategies did you use to get people in the door when you opened Achieve five years ago? Timely question from Kevin, considering he's about to open his own gym. <laughs> Hashtag allied strength. Allied strength. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, but this is a great question, and hopefully it will help some people who might be thinking about opening a gym or in the process of doing so. Um, so strategies that we use to get people in the door. So um, some of the first things were just getting the word out to local media. Mm -hmm. So anybody who had a local newsletter, we had a local magazine. um, We tried to just contact all of the all of the local media outlets and just let them know that we were opening. Most people, most towns are really excited for small local businesses to be opening. So they'll usually give you a little feature. Mm -hmm. So that was step one. Luckily for us, Somerville especially is a very small business business oriented uh, town. And so when we were launching a lot of businesses or a lot of uh, media publications actually reached out to us in the first place just so they could um, give us some uh, some sort of press. 
Um, so we're pretty lucky in that regard. But hopefully you're in a situation where your neighborhood really values small businesses. Yeah. Um, and then we threw a party. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was kind of the big the big time that we had like people sign up. So actually, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. What we did first before throwing a party is we had people sign up before we actually kind of put it out to the public that we were opening. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had some people who already knew what we were doing. They already were either clients or friends of clients or or friends of ours. And they already knew that we were going to be doing this. We had them sign up and become members at a very very uh, kind rate, I would say. <laughs> um, so basically, we we lowered the rate pretty low for them, still obviously covering all of our bases, but basically as a way of saying thank you for being our founding members, for helping us get this thing off the ground. And they're going to be the only ones who will get that that rate. Nobody will ever pay less than them. So we had them come into the, basically sign up before we even held our grand opening. Yeah. Yeah. This was advice given to us um, from Alan and Rachel. It was actually... It's kind of like a, a pre-sale, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and initially, we were a little, a little bit hesitant offering that low of price. But what ended up happening was that we ended up getting more people in the door that were founding members that were already raving fans of what we were providing. And that really gave us sort of the launching point to um, then have uh, referrals after that fact. But if we had gone with the higher price that we had originally um, intended to do, um, I think we probably would have seriously limited our growth, at least in the beginning, because it was such an unproven model at that point in our neighborhood. Right. You have to keep in mind that nobody, especially if you're going to do something new, obviously, if you're franchising or if you're doing something that's already like people already know about, it mm-hmm. might be different. But we were doing something completely new in our area. Nobody was doing this sort of like semi-private, small group um, membership based facility. So mm-hmm. nobody really knew what it was going to be like. So they were taking a big risk on us and we wanted to show them that how much we appreciated that by lowering their their membership rates. So we did that for our founding founding members and then we threw a party and told them to invite everybody they knew to this party because we were going to offer one last sort of discounted or lower rate at the night of our grand opening that would be no longer available the night after. So or the day, the next day. So this was the last chance to sign up at this low rate and then after that prices were going up. So this was a way of getting our founding members to bring their friends and family in. I think we had one, Katie McKeesha, <laughs> brought in three, her husband and her two best friends that, that day and signed them all up. So that was amazing. <laughs> um, and so that night, we had this big grand opening party. We gave a little presentation um, about fat loss and kind of just like to get people in the door with that we're going to provide some information. And then at the end, we kind of gave the little spiel that... This is going to be, we do, we are selling memberships tonight. And this is going to be the last time that you get in at this rate. This is a really low rate. We're going to raise it. I think we were raising it like $50 the next Mm -hmm. day, um, $50 a month. So we said, so we have everything ready to go for you if you want to follow me. And I actually physically walked over to the tables where we were signing people up. And I just said, follow me and we can get you signed up. And we have a bunch of swag for you to take home and just kind of got that process going. And once I was like terrified that I was just going to walk over to the table and be like, follow me. And everybody (laughs) would just stay in their seats and be sitting awkwardly. But people actually did. They got up and started following me. (laughs) And you said, you just said that you walked walk them over to the tables where they could sign up. And I think that's pretty big. You want to make sure that it's it's not like a big selling operation, but you do want to have pieces in place. So we had um, 
we had some of our friends and family um, at this table where we had four or five computers set up so that we can set sign people up right away if they needed to. So they weren't um, standing in line or anything. We also had uh, these swag bags there as well. So they had a t-shirt, gym, um, a t-shirt, a gym bag, um, some other stuff in there. It was kind yeah. of like a goodie bag. Um, but pretty much everything was ready to go if someone had wanted to sign up. So there was no sort of barrier of entry and also just made us look uh, very professional and knew what we were doing as opposed to being like, uh, uh, just hold on 20 minutes and let me just set this all up. It was, it was all ready to go. Yeah. And the most, the more you can do to like have everything just together and ready to go beforehand, the better. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I would say anticipate that every single person in the room is going to sign up that night. So if you have 50 <laughs> people in there, anticipate 50 people are going to sign up. It probably won't happen. It would be awesome if it did. Um, but I think we probably had about 50 to 60 people in the room that mm-hmm. night. Some of them were members and we got 17 signups that night. Yeah. So it was a lot. And it was a lot of, a lot of it was kind of having this strategy in place of, Knowing that, like letting people know that we were going to be raising the rates the next day, letting them know that we had everything ready to go. There was no like barrier, like Jason said, of, of signing up. We could do it right now. We could get you going, get you started training tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty cool because we kind of like, it, it wasn't, it was never intended to be this sort of like mass selling operation. So it was, it was more just a party. And what we kind of realized was that Lauren and I could just kind of step back and let our members, our founders kind of do the work for us. I mean, they were, they were in there talking to any new face that they could because they, I think they realized that they were part of something um, special and they were part of it from the very beginning. So they kind of like took ownership of the situation. So Lauren and I just kind of like hung back and yeah, let everybody like, have wine and <laughs> yeah, they were selling the place for us. Yeah. yeah we also had wine and, you know, some yeah, food. Alcohol helps <laughs> loosen everyone up a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. Our members were, we, we remember just being like, I mean, we were really close to tears just watching it because we <laughs> couldn't believe that they were so invested in what we were trying to do. And I think that's, again, that's another point is that make sure that you have, you're very clear with your mission and make sure that you have uh, vocalized that to your founders and to the people who are going to be doing some of that early referring to you. Make sure that they're on board with what you want to accomplish because they'll, if they're on board with it, they'll do whatever they can to help you grow it. Yeah. I mean, we would have had probably a third of the memberships if we had gone on over to each and every new person that we saw and be like, Hey, you want a membership? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> half off tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. As, as little sleaziness as possible yeah. <laughs> would, be, would be good. Um, and yeah, just remembering, always keeping in mind that you do like, if you're opening a gym for the most part, unless you're opening kind of like a big corporate gym or maybe even if you are but for the most part you're doing it because you care about people's health because you want to change the world for the better you like there's a lot of really good reasons that you're doing this and you just have to make sure that that always takes priority in your marketing and what you're saying then oh let me sell you this membership or let me like make this sale or do this marketing strategy it's always keep in mind what your mission is yeah as long as keep in mind the the membership will come in just as a byproduct and a result of what you're passionate about All right. Cool. I hope that helps. Yeah. So I think that's it for today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally forgot what I was going to say. We always have a hard time wrapping these things up. Um, Yeah. So please, uh, please rate, review and subscribe us on iTunes and all the other major um, podcasting platforms. We're on most of them. And yes, send us any questions uh, via DM on Instagram, or you can send us a message on Facebook. You can shoot us an email at podcast at achievefitnessboston.com. 
um, yeah, we'd really appreciate some more questions and uh, to keep the show going. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Peace. Love. And, and muscles. muscles.